0: Welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of Palmer and Northern Derbyshire Magistrates Court. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 38. And these proceedings that we're going to be looking at today are all about insolvency and in particular how the insolvency of a company can affect employees who are being made redundant. The appellant in this case, a Mr Palmer, was appointed as one of three joint administrators of West Coast Capital back in 2015. Things moved quickly as the very next day employees at the company were told that they were at risk of redundancy and that there was to be a meeting that afternoon. Before the day was done the employees were handed another letter dismissing them with immediate effect. The legal issue at the heart of this case relates to section 193 subsection 1 and 2 of the Trade Union and Labour Relations Consolidation Act 1992. This provision creates a duty such that an employer who wishes to make at least 20 employees redundant within 90 days must give notice to the Secretary of State at least 30 days before the dismissals take place. Failure to do so is a criminal offence under the legislation, and an individual can be prosecuted if they are a quote, director, manager, secretary, or other similar officer of the body corporate, end quote. In this case, the Secretary of State was only made aware of the redundancies when a form was emailed three weeks later. Later on that year, criminal proceedings were commenced against Mr Palmer, alleging that he had committed an offence under the 1992 Act. In his defence, Palmer argued that as an administrator of the company appointed under the Insolvency Act 1986, he was not an officer within the statutory definition of the offence. The Magistrates' Court held that he was such an officer and the Divisional Court dismissed his claim for judicial review of that decision. With that as the background, Palmer appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. The problem that the justices faced in these proceedings is that there isn't really any definition of officer within the legislation, nor any other statement that holds authority. Instead, they began by looking at the Insolvency Act 1986, and the nature of the position held by an administrator under the legislation. Here, the references to an officer are not suggestive that an administrator is an officer of a company, and instead point in the opposite direction so that an administrator is not intended to be an officer of a company in administration. Furthermore, even though the 1992 Act does use the more general term other similar officer, the justices felt that there was no scope for expanding the definition so as to include an administrator. The statute gives no hint that a broader definition is warranted, and indeed the word similar seems to hint that the person should be similar to a director, manager or secretary. In the absence of any real authority from the legislation or from case law, both parties supported their case by relying on policy arguments Palmer argued that if administrators were included in section 194 then that would create a conflict between that duty and the statutory purposes of administration. However the Supreme Court was not convinced by this because if this was an issue then Parliament would have excluded companies in administration from the section 194 duty entirely. The respondents argued that if administrators were not considered to be officers then it would leave a vacuum in responsibility and there would be no way to deter non-compliance with the duty. Indeed it was on this basis that the divisional court adopted a functional test for deciding who exactly was a similar officer. However the justices were not convinced by that approach as it had no basis in the legislation. Ultimately, they held that an officer must be a person who holds office within the constitutional structure of the body corporate. That is the normal meaning of the word in that context and is supported by the surrounding provisions. Therefore, Palmer was not an officer and his appeal was allowed. Overall, I think that this decision of the Supreme Court perhaps creates more problems than it solves. For administrators, this is very good news as they will now be able to go about their job without worrying about the statutory duty created under Sections 193 and 194 of the Trade, Union and Labour Relations Consolidation Act 1992. However, this is not good news for employees who can theoretically turn up to work one day and be made redundant before they head home. The purpose of the 1992 Act is to protect employees by creating criminal offences for when something like this happens. While a company could still be found guilty, there should be no illusion that this decision creates a loophole and makes workers more vulnerable. It is now up to Parliament to respond and hopefully do something to try and close this gap. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter, we focused on the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, and in particular her comments about homelessness being a lifestyle choice, and also the accusations against the police that she levelled that they were biased in how they dealt with protesters. All very controversial stuff and, as I argue in the newsletter, probably should cost the Home Secretary her job. Anyway, if that sounds like something you're interested in, do check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. I'll be back with another episode next week. But for now, bye!